everybody, I'm Theo Fleury, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Welcome back to Blues Hockey Podcast. Show us Jason along with Chris. Yo. And we got our special guest. Rick is with us today. It is so nice to be back. We got to do this a couple of years ago and talk about uh, my division a little bit. So uh, excited to be here with you guys. The pre-pandemic shows, as we like to say. True. So that was a, yeah, three, yeah, probably, well, the All-Star game. It was literally right before yeah, things shut down. Yeah, things shut down. So that was uh, crazy. So yeah, so All Star Game, last big thing we had there. You'll be happy to know that our production budget is just the same as it was before. You know, you've done wonders with the studio. You've yeah. added a Dan Housen picture since I've been here. Yes, yeah, so that was just yes. added yesterday, uh, and new flooring. Which, and new flooring. But that was uh, had to be done because uh, thanks insurance. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for all the uh, extra water in the basement. So, uh, recording on September twenty sixth, the best day of the year. Best yeah. day of the year. Treat yourself 2022. Yeah, so uh, 40 today for me. Welcome to the club. Yay. Um, it only gets better from there, trust yeah. me. Oh, yeah. So Welcome it's been to the fun. Yankee Joints Club. It's funny because like, uh, today I was like dropping things a lot, and I'm like, yep, my, my, uh, those skills are gone. Mm-hmm. Senior moments. Yeah, starting to already have them. So, no, so today was filled with the weekend has been fantastic. It's been so, a great one. So, we'll, like all of us, so Rick's been in town since – Early last week. I live here now. Very much. <laughs> You're going to come live with us now, Sloth. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to. Uh, pretty soon. I, I feel like a, an honorary Missourian. Yeah. A Missouri in your, your choice. Yeah, Missouri, Missouri in. But uh, I do. I love I love this city. I love being here. And uh, I love the hockey here, too. It's uh, It's been an interesting couple of years. I think you guys are in for an interesting season. Much like my team. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you feel about your Penguins. I'm sure we'll get into it. But I really – I don't know how to make heads or tails of the Blues team. And we'll get into that more when we do our Blues show. But mm. I, I, this team could make a cup run. This team could miss the playoffs. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I very much know that team as well. <laughs> I, I certainly know that team. Yeah, so uh, difference is a lot of changes on Rick's team. Not They're, so much on our team. I mean, Change some. It. Just my, subtractions. No real yeah. additions. There's a lot of additions for the Penguins this year, which we'll talk about. Uh, so, yeah, well, let's talk about, yeah, like Wiki said, weekend was pretty good. We had uh, Point Fest. Finally, we got it in. Great weather. Good weather. Fun, good time with bands and friends. Yeah, it was good. It was yeah, fun it was good, uh, good hang there. Then Sunday, uh, the Glory Pro Show at the pageant. Yep. Always fun there. A uh, little Sunday night football for yeah, us three. Yeah. And Chris's... Uh, uh, outdoor theater, yeah, which was fun, and then now today I am. You're all wrapped up. All wrapped tattoos. up. Yeah, I got tattoos, and I'm all like smidgen sore on my arms right now, but we're good to go. Uh, a fun day. So, and then we're here to wrap up the day by recording uh, a fun podcast. So, uh, I, I want to bring something up real quick before we go to the hockey part. Uh, talking about this weekend, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about for you guys, but for me, the one of the highlights. I mean. Besides the fact that we had some camaraderie, we saw old friends, we got to do that kind of stuff. Watching the crowds uh, that we saw this weekend, like at Point Fest and like at the pageant yesterday, people are finally starting to look happy again. Yeah, you true. know, 
It's mm. good, and I think hockey season rolls right. I mean, for us, certainly, hockey Absolutely. season is a is a game changer for my mood and attitude. Everybody gets seasonal depression. For me, it comes in the summer because there's no hockey. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's just nice to see. I agree. I totally agree. I mean, this was, um, I would say, 10 seconds and two points short of a perfect weekend for me. Yeah, yeah it was good. It was pretty fun. So... Uh, we'll roll into our. Uh, we'll do the. We're doing the Metropolitan basically division preview today. So as we get going, hold on. We need to do our show open. Go. Metro division preview. There we go. So everything is uh, production value still top notch. Still top production. So uh, we have the Metro division preview. Like I said, we'll. Luckily, Rick is here to be us more informed compared to like Chris. Chris and I pretty do a pretty decent job. I think of keeping up on things, but sometimes I like to make sure. The little things that we just don't know are players that uh, we may not know that are coming up or just a guy in a division that we sure. just we should be on the lookout for. We just maybe not know that because we're just really Central Division, you know, Western Conference well, focused. I think when, when you're a fan of a team in a certain division, it's easier to do a deep dive than it is, you know, especially a different division in a different conference. Uh, you know, we see these teams twice a year, whereas, you know, Rick lives in that division. So it's... You know, it's his seven times a year thing. Yeah, so it's nice to get somebody in here who, like, sees all these players on a regular basis and can say, like, all these teams that are making changes. Like, we're talking about Carolina made a lot of changes this year. So you think those will pan out type of thing. And also, like, we don't have the Penguins, who looked like they were going to disband. The the uh, the band was disbanding, basically. And then, basically, last minute, everybody stayed together. So we'll get into that though before we get into we'll get into it. So Metro Division preview. Uh, so let's get into it. So they, we got this down in alphabetical order. So I want to but we're going to say the last. Sounds good. I think that's the best way to do it, or it's the way they that start with P. Yeah, whether we go whether we go by city or team mascot. Well, as long as when we when we get to Philadelphia, if we, if we dive into that far, I will uh, probably not have anything nice to say. That's fine. That's fine. Neither will we. We will be really. So first off, the uh, Carolina can start with a C. Mm. And for now, with school, that usually happens pretty early on in the alphabet. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Carolina Hurricanes made some changes. Yeah. Uh, some interesting changes. So they had a known, known racist Tony D'Angelo leave uh, after basically getting him for a bargain. Yeah. And him trying to resurrect career did a pretty darn good job last year. He signs in, a sign and trade with Philadelphia. He moves over. But they use that basically extra space. To bring in on a bargain, Brent Burns. Hopefully, the you know get the last little bit, squeeze the last little bit out of Brent Burns from yep. San Jose uh, to fill that kind of top right-handed offensive defenseman, which I think is going to work out pretty well for them. But also, the big one is Max Pacioretty for literally nothing. Future considerations, which is yeah nothing. nothing. Yeah. They basically here take this salary because. Vegas does not know how to manage. They're, they did not hire a cap manager, which I'm not I'm just making that up, but it just seems that way with all the moves. They just like to, like we talked about this before, they like to get the shiny big thing, and then they don't want to worry about the repercussions. I feel like later Vegas on. plays the game like a kid on a video game. So they just think that they can hit that tab that says turn salary cap off and then buy <laughs> players. I, I actually think Vegas uh, manages their team uh, obviously, I took a special interest in Vegas in the first season just because of uh, a couple of former Penguins. Derek Englund ended up there as well as uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. I think Vegas manages their team like 
the city manages itself. I mean, it's a place that we know, you know, very well. And you said the new flashy, shiny thing. Well, that's Vegas. I thought for them, not that we're, you know, concentrating on them, but uh, I thought picking Phil Kessel up for basically nothing. I mean, that, that, the contract is very small. It's a one-year deal. I think it's incentive-laden. Yeah. Um, you know, Phil Kessel is a guy that Las Vegas fans will fall in love with. I wanted First, him bad. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, there was no way he was going to come back to the Penguins, but I, I just thought that that was – I think that's Vegas' mentality is that, that those games are going to sell out forever. Sure. Uh, you know, as uh, people that go to Vegas frequently – we hit up a game every time. Well, just imagine how many people often go to Vegas uh, and they're in that arena that are buying Vegas sweaters, hats, everything else that aren't actually from there. Yeah. And that team never has to do well again. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't. I agree. Which is kind of what you all expected with a expansion team. We like from the time we've like kind of thought of expansion really happening since the early nineties, you know, minus teams really moving. But teams just freshly started out have always been kind of pretty awful for the first five years because they're basically hopefully getting top picks, maybe getting a like random like free agent to sign there. Then they start to pan out after five years. Like we saw Seattle. Seattle had the opportunity yeah. to kind of do that, and they that's kind of what they did. They're like, we're going to be average at best, and then like we're hoping we signed a couple of guys. They brought yep. in Schwartz, they brought in Grubauer, and some other guys, Larson, and stuff like that. But nobody really, I say hi. Like you know, somebody well, like had, I mean, look, you know, word, but of, of all those big names they had to pick from, they took one. Yeah, you know, and they—I mean—that's a team that could have had Carey Price. Obviously, wanted being okay since right. he obviously yeah. has you been know, pretty hurt. Which could have was, had Vladimir Tarasenko. Like you look down the list of the, those could have been's on on Seattle, but yeah, you're right. You know, I think that. Um, not to get too far off track from the Metro now that we're all the way out in the Pacific. Yeah. But you look at what Carolina did by bringing in Brett Burns, and that's a guy who obviously feels like he still has another run or two in him, and that ain't going to happen in San Jose. You know, I San Jose is, I think, one step away from full rebuild. Yeah. Uh, that team is getting old quickly. And Carolina is one of those teams that just seems to – be missing one or two pieces. You know, they had a great year last year and then just fell apart in the playoffs. It's funny because Carolina is always that team, I think, that is one or two pieces away, but they never retain all the pieces to go right. get that final piece or two that will make them that team that gets over the hump, that make them that you know favorite uh, to come out of the conference, they, they they always seem to be one short. I mean, there was that they had to go, but the goaltending was so poor yeah. that you know they can't go out and score. It's not it's not reasonable to say you're going to have to score four and a half goals a game to uh, be able to be in that position. And they had the guys that could do that, and they had a goalie letting up five. I mean, right. it, it's not a sustainable thing, and I I don't know why they can't seem to retain enough of those pieces. I was shocked by the trade that they made uh, to the Panthers. It, uh, was that last season or the season before? It's like you had all these parts. Uh, was it Trocheck? Yeah. That, you know, yeah, they and, got and, a handful of years ago, yeah. Yeah, so it was like, you know, I thought – I, I don't know. I just I, I thought they were there. Uh, Trocek is a Pittsburgh native, so I just happen mm. to know a, a little bit more about uh, you know his career. But but yeah, they they to me Carolina is 
no closer than they have been. I think Burns helps. I think you're right. He does fill a spot that they needed to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, how reliable is he to play all those playoffs? I don't know. Do you manage his amount of time? Do you say you're a 60-game player, whether you're healthy or not? i glad you brought that up because the one thing that I, I, I fear for Carolina with Brett Burns is I fear that he is very much like when the Blues signed a guy that we – kind of joke and talk about all the time on this podcast and Paul Correa. You know, he he still had game left in him, but the Paul Correa that played for the St. Louis Blues was not the Paul Correa that was in Colorado or or, or even Anaheim uh, or Nashville, to be quite honest. Uh, He was serviceable, but he wasn't the number one guy that he was for a lot of his career. Um, and, And also to your point about, you know, feeling like, like, Carolina is that team that's always right there and just a few pieces away, and it's it's normally goaltending. Take it from two guys who lived that nightmare for twenty something years as fans, when you know everyone loved the Blues, but the question mark was always, do they got the goaltending to get it done? Um, and that you know, it, if you look at the rotating door of Goldies who have put on the blue note before Bennington of all people came and won them the cup. I mean, you're talking about just the short list of big names. We'll start with Cujo and go Cujo to Grant Fuhr to Manny Legacy. Uh, or the one hit wonders like Jim Carrey. Uh, some guy named Martin Brodeur. Patrick Laleem. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, um, why am I drawing the blank on Buffalo? Um, Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller. You know, the Blues went out and spent money a lot on every goaltender who was supposed to get the job done. And none of them did. And I feel like that's the one position more than any other where, like, you just don't know. It's system as much as it is guy. And, you know, I think Carolina's in that spot a lot where they're missing a goalie or they're missing X, Y, or Z. But and when then, it comes to goalie, like, man, it's a shot in the dark. Well, we talked about bringing in the two big ones. We talked about Pacioretty was the other one they got for nothing. Yep. Then he promptly tears his Achilles. So yep. that guy they bring in to be their extra scoring depth when, you know, maybe guys aren't scoring or Ajo's on lockdown because just of, you know, he's the key guy, so they're key on him. And you have this other guy on the wing now. Um so he's out for at least six to eight months. So he's probably out till March-ish, you're looking. Yep. So hopefully by the playoffs. But yet, that kind of injury, you're not going to be 100%. And he's only on a one-year deal. So who knows what happens to him. So Carolina, maybe the early favorites, you can say, in this division, just based on last year. But you're forgetting Paul Stasny's there now, too. Paul Stasny's there is a um, – did very well as a fourth-line guy in Winnipeg. Yep. So I think he'll do the same with uh, – Carolina. So. I think Carolina's probably a B plus. Not that we asked us to grade it, but I, I think they're probably a B, uh, B plus in that area. I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to come together to the, for them more this year than it has in any previous year. That doesn't mean you can't win the, the cup as a B plus team. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen less than B plus teams just be hot at the right time, but I don't know that Carolina is where they thought they would be. Getting ready, what are we, nine days out from the season? Last place, January 3rd. Yeah, so we all know about Not last in the division, last in the NHL. Yeah, so we know how that is. So going alphabetically still, as we talked about, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who probably made the biggest. Correct. Made the biggest splash of the offseason and 
being the sleeper team that wound up getting uh, Johnny Goudreau on a deal. So obviously that happened due to Philadelphia not managing the cap well. Yep. And not be able to move guys out. When I can't were. wait till we get to Philadelphia. So they didn't. So, so he wanted. He, he, it's all. It's pretty. I think decently well known that he was ready. Like I wanted to go there because he's from that area, or whatever. So sure. he was. He was ready to go there, and they were just like, "We got no money." Yeah. So I know they said Carolina made a push, and to New Jersey made a push, uh, but he said Columbus was his best idea. So he there, but the also big thing they did, they actually got Patrick Liney to resign for four years. I don't think Patrick Liney resigns if they don't get Johnny Hockey. Well, yeah. So I think that winds up. I think he might have, maybe they were like, "Hey, we're gonna make a we're gonna go make a splash of free agency, just watch." And he's right. like, "Okay, I'll sign." He got his deal. Um, obviously, that's good. But to me, which we'll uh, we can talk about, and I had this guy on my fans team quite a bit. Uh, Elvis, uh, can you help me with the last name? Merzlikins. Yeah, that's Mer- right. Merzlikins. Merzlikins. Yeah, it, yeah something it's like something. They. I mean. He's just sim- when you have a name like Elvis, you're just simply known Elvis. as Elvis. And uh, it just obviously last year with the death of his best friend at the Fourth of July party, which has been well documented. Um, so obviously last year's a little tough, but it seems like um, they're banking on him to be the true number one goaltender, and it really hasn't come. This is maybe a bad comparison. Chris will know this really well. Jake Allenish, where you're expecting oh, to be yeah. number one, but he could be a really good one B. Like, you can definitely be a guy that could share time, but maybe not be the guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. He makes the hard saves look easy. He makes the easy saves look hard. Sure. Yeah, so, but the biggest one uh, I have marked down is their biggest weird signing. You got John Goudreau. You got line A signed. You need to upgrade that defense a little bit. So, you go out and get Eric Branson (laughs) on a four-year, $4 million per deal. Yeah, that's... That's Something that's that that is an odd deal. Uh, Gabranson is a former Penguin, so I got to see him play quite a bit. He's not a bad defenseman. I don't know if he's a four million dollar a year defenseman. That's my I, thing. I, I think it's bad a, I think it's a reach as far as Columbus goes. Um, I I think there's a good chance that Columbus still does not know what to do with its hockey team. Uh, Columbus is a city that is most known for college sports. Yep, and I think that. And I do spend time in Columbus. I spent a lot of time in Ohio, actually. Uh, I do think it's a city that does support the team. But at this point, because Columbus has to be, what, 20? Are they 20 seasons in? Or yeah, same, time as, same time as Minnesota. They are the same year as Minnesota. So Minnesota, I think, it was celebrated to celebrate the 20 or 25th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so around that time. So, I mean, it, it's been there long enough, and there just haven't been a lot of results, and I think that is a, a direct correlation to... One playoff round? Well, they. I think it's two. One, they got swept by the Penguins, um, and then there was one other one that I think they won. They swept the Lightning. Yeah. swept the Lightning. That was their yeah. second one ever, and yeah. then they had another, I think, one besides that. So, talk about think, minimal results in 20, like we talked about expansion teams really yeah. take our time to take off right and it seems like they've had the start and stop quite a bit over 20 years. i think the the problem when you talk about columbus has to do with the fact that if you're not ohio state no one truly buys in your second fiddle in that whole state right and there's there, there's two professional football teams in that state and those two are two and three yeah behind ohio state and, and i still kind of wonder why the NHL picked Columbus over putting it in Cleveland or Quebec or something like that. Like well, if you want, I mean, I'm traditional. If you want to put market. a team in Ohio, that's awesome. Why didn't you go two hours up the road and put it in Cleveland? 
I mean, I, I I get it. You'd have to share the the arena with the Cavaliers, but okay. I just don't. I, I worry. Speaking of Quebec, I worry that Columbus will ultimately run into the issue that a lot of these small market teams run into is that at some point, assuming a knock on wood that this game keeps growing, there's going to be a greener pasture that has more money and a bigger population that's going to say, hey, come here. And Columbus, through no fault of its own, just like the Quebec Nordiques, are going to lose their team. I, I think to answer your question, the reason that the NHL decided to put it in Columbus was because it really could be the only professional game in town. Uh, and obviously there is a, a rabid fan base for sports in Columbus. But uh, to what Jason and I were just saying, there hasn't been a lot of results. No. I, I mean, you know, not everybody does what Vegas did and goes to the Stanley Cup Finals in year one. Well, you've got, yeah. you, you know, you've got... Uh, 20 some years of this team being mediocre, mediocre. and, and uh, you know you want to fall in love with it I think the people in Columbus want to fall in love with it I think the Johnny Hockey signing is good but Johnny Gaudreau just tried to get as close to home as he could and he's from New Jersey yeah. New Jersey can't take you Philadelphia can't take you Pittsburgh obviously can't take you he probably didn't want to go to Buffalo or maybe it was never a choice to go to Buffalo mm-hmm. so what I mean geographically he picked the place as close as he could get to where he's from. Well, I got news for you. There's a giant state in between New Jersey and Ohio, and it's Pennsylvania, and he's not that close. Now, you're you're kind of marooned in the middle of Canada, uh, you know, if you're playing for uh, for Calgary, but he's not that close to home. I don't know that he's content. I think he's more content being in America. Yeah. But I don't think he's necessarily content. Yeah. How he plays, we'll see. Um, you know, they do have a few more pieces, but I think this team is is a C C plus team at best. I think at best. I I think honestly, the biggest story with with Johnny Hockey has less to do with where he went and more to do with the fact that he left money on the table to get the hell out of Calgary. Yeah, yeah. it tells you Calgary's everything. You need like almost, I think almost twelve a year, yeah. and he decided to leave, which. Yeah, obviously Kachuk followed. So interesting. This, like I said, Columbus just still, I say rebuild, but still figuring things out. Getting Goudreau and Lane yeah. signed, but you still don't have a center. You still don't have you have Orensky in the back end. And that's about it. Your goaltending is eh. So until one of those things starts to work themselves out, you need a franchise center, which you thought you had in uh, Pierre uh, Luc Dubois. But then obviously you shipped him for Lion A. So you got, got some decent wingers, but you just don't have anybody to get them the puck right now. And right. Goudreau is one of the best passing wingers in the league. So hopefully that kind of helps that part of it. But still, I think getting a center, and I think you need – obviously you had uh, Seth Jones. Seth Jones. On the back end, and he got out. He wanted out too. So you lost your other franchise defenseman. And so getting Goudreau is a big get for them. So maybe that will – Spur something for the future, but not this year, I think. And, and I agree, and I think maybe that, uh, you know, Line's been malcontent everywhere, really. Yeah. Um, if Johnny Hockey being there does not make him more content, I think you got the same old Blue Jackets. You know, something that we need to bring up when we talk about the Blue Jackets is the fact that the, the guys putting that team together are the two men who really laid the foundation for what became the Blue Stanley Cup team. Yeah, And that's John Davison and, and Yarmo Kekalainen. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the guys running that team 
don't know a hockey puck from a turnip. You know, they're very, very good at what they do. And, and we as Blues fans are very familiar with what they can do and put together. It just seems like that team is snake bit when it comes to keeping talent. And thank God they kept, you know, Line and, and, and hopefully Line and Johnny Hockey are the foundation that moves forward. But, yeah, I think you need to start putting some W's together or that team's just going to be spinning its wheels in the mud for another 20 years. Yep, so we'll see how they turn out. But uh, next one is my pick for the probably best up-and-coming team in the in this division is New Jersey Devils. 100%. They have pretty good foundation set up thanks to multiple high picks. Obviously, that definitely helps. But they made a lot of smart moves on top of that. Uh, so, obviously, they didn't were able to land Goudreau, which would have been massive for them. Uh, but... They did go out and try to show up the goaltending, which was their, obviously, Achilles heel. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood was hurt a lot. Obviously, heel. I wasn't trying to make a joke. They actually worked out pretty well because he had a heel problem. So, uh, But uh, Vitek Vanasek, got that right. Yep, good job. Uh, from Washington uh, in a deal. So they try to show up. They're trying to do the 1A, 1B thing mm-hmm. this year. So that's a good move. Uh, so they made a deal with Pittsburgh Penguins. So we can definitely talk about that. So... Exchanging Ty Smith for John Marino. Get that right, right? John Marino? Correct. Okay. Don't call me Dan. Okay. Uh, the biggest acquisition, however, was getting Andre Palat from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, obviously, a huge part, in my opinion, of what the Lightning did in the playoffs and how they were able to do, be back-to-back and almost three-time champs. Uh, yeah. They did really, really well, and he was a big part of that. He signs a big deal to go there. So, um, Outside of that, though... I still think um, the goaltending is the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you got to see how Jack Hughes turns out. Agreed. Could be big. That could be the guy that busts finally. I think he had a pretty good last year, but he can bust through. Uh, the defense is okay, kind of, depending on how they do. They have, they have The right side is really good, which I'll talk to you. Well, you might be able to help me with this. And they have, uh, they have Severson, Marino, and uh, – I had it on oh, uh, Dougie Hamilton. Is there top, like there are three right-handed defensemen, which is great. And then they have Ryan Graves and uh, some other guys to fill in. And they'll have on their way up the other Hughes brother. Yeah. So it's bright future, but is it is the future now or maybe a season or two from now? I, I think the future is now for them. Uh, I, I think they're on the verge of explosion. Um, the the Marino for, you know the Marino for Ty Smith is, you know, I actually think that's advantage Penguins. Uh, Ty Smith still has a lot of growing to do. He's a young guy. Uh, I can't remember what he was drafted at, but he was a pretty high draft pick. Uh, John Marino was a guy that was found by Kevin Stevens, former Penguin, uh, and was encouraged uh, encouraged the team to sign him. He had a huge upside in his first year. He actually got a nice contract. And then the contract actually started to drag the Penguins down, and Marino's play went down. I hope the best for him. He seems like a good dude. Uh, for Ty Smith, you know, you're going to go out there and you're going to play with three Hall of Famers on this team, uh, on the Penguins team right now. What does it do for the Devils defensively? I, I think it helps move the puck. Uh, Marino can move the puck. He's not the most uh, stay-at-home defenseman. He is prone to make mistakes. In fact, scored a couple of goals on his own goaltender in the in the playoffs. He was not very good. Uh, so I, I think maybe some new life, but I think that's a team that can score four goals a game. I mean, they are just 
Hughes is ridiculous. Mm. I, you know, I, I think he's going to come of age this year. Uh, I think it's a, it's it's even it's turning more into a young man's game. I mean, we, we could go down, we could spend two hours on the idea of fighting and enforcers and things like that, and how it's being removed for the game. But that's ideal for a guy like Hughes. It's ideal. I agree. I I I don't think I can add anything to that. I think you said everything absolutely perfect. And one guy that uh, I'll ask you about because it's a guy that like, I had my eye on for the Blues when obviously the whole Tarasenko thing getting possibly traded. And we had New Jersey as like one of the kind of possibilities. Um, Jesper Bratt is a guy that's basically penciled in as their top right winger as of right now. Got a, only a one-year contract this time. Seems like they've had contract issues the last two off-seasons with him. And he's going to be due for another contract after this. So is he a guy that we should keep our eye on? Is somebody in the future that, uh, I'm not saying somebody replaced Tarasenko, but something that Blues fans maybe should take a peek at? I would take a peek at him. I mean, I, I think you're going to see, and, and this is something we all know that uh, from the end of time, uh, seeing the players that have played in, in this city and, and certainly the players that have played in Pittsburgh, um, talent makes no talent talent. Yes. And I, I don't think that he's not talented. I think he's about to show off other people's talents which makes him look a lot more mm-hmm. talented. Maybe he is. Um, I, I'll give you the perfect example for this. Brian Rust. Brian Rust just got a huge contract with the Penguins. Nobody thought Brian Rust was sticking around. Mm-hmm. I like Brian Rust a lot. I, Brian Rust is not getting that contract if he does not play on a line with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. Mm-hmm. And I think you're looking at the same thing if you see the success that you're looking at. But next year, if he has that kind of success and he is who replaces Tarasenko – you sure as hell better hope that you got somebody centering him that will make him look as good as he's going to look this year. Ryan O'Reilly. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully. Or if he wants to be Robert Thomas. Be interesting. As a guy that I always kind of like, kind of eye on from like distance, where obviously you see just the highlights, but uh, something I'm like, man, if he's something that comes available, that might not be an awful get for the right price type of thing. So, Devils. Playoff team, it lives to say. I think it's a playoff team. Let's do a rewind here. So skip back about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, so Carolina Hurricanes, playoff team. Yes. Uh, so Columbus Blue Jackets. No. no. Okay. And then we're caught up now. So we're caught up now. So let's do it. That's how we usually do things. So uh, next team, which rumored to be doing something all off season, did absolutely nothing. New York Islanders. Not a damn thing. Fired their coach in May, and that's about it. Supposedly signing Nazem Kadri for the longest time, and then all of a sudden he signs in Calgary. They just announced, and mind you, they announced no signings until almost late August. Yeah. And they were all re-signs or getting their free agents. Re- I don't RFAs get it, man. Resign. They I, basically I don't know think what it, happened to this team. It's really odd because they think it's just going to be a – that last year was a fluke, basically. Like, they didn't make playoffs, and they were awful because of the fluke. Uh, your goaltending duo is really good. Your defense, I think, is one of the kind of underrated ones, especially with Trots there. But I think that's also very Trots effect because obviously mm-hmm. it showed when he kind of lost his say grip on the team or whatever happened. Nothing, obviously, good things did not happen anymore. They missed the playoffs last year. Well, I think to that end, you talk about their defense. You know, they don't have the same defense that took him to the Eastern Conference Finals for two years in a row. You know, they, they lost Nick Letty. He went to Detroit, then got traded to the Blues. Um, so, you know, it's crazy because this is the team 
that had it not been for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think would have been in the Stanley Cup final at least one of the last three years. You know, they went, what, seven games with Tampa both times in, yeah. in the East? And last year, man, was supposed to be their year. Yeah, and nothing. Nothing just fell apart. And, you know, they they were proving everyone wrong that they didn't need John Travers. They actually got better by subtraction. Yeah. And then it's like all of a sudden, I guess last year, they woke up from the dream and realized, oh, what happened? Because that team just fell on its face. And I don't see how you get better by not doing a damn thing. I, th- I think what we're going to find out is how much the turmoil of not having a home uh, affected the Islanders of last year. Because they were. They were they were super they good. They were transient last year. They were yeah. super good for two seasons. And last year, they were, where are we playing this game tonight? That some of them probably left their house and went to the wrong rink. Uh, yeah. You know, so, you know, how much does that affect you? Some. I don't know that it's the reason that they were not very good, but it, it, they shouldn't have lost that much no. from the previous two years. Uh the, you mentioned Tavares. That guy's got to scratch his head some days and go, I, I, you know, I get it. I'm playing in the city. I want. I pick my. I pick my spot. Uh, boy, and they can't. Toronto certainly oof. can't. Yeah, oof is right. So you know, you look at you look at what the Islanders have, and you're like, why were you so bad last year? Was it a fluke? Yeah, I think it's part fluke. I think it's part homelessness in in the way that they were, weren't sure exactly where they were going to play. I do expect the Islanders to be. Um, better this year. I think the Islanders are still one of the teams that I would refer to as tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that they're tough. I think they've got some guys that will hit you. They got some guys that will scrap with you. They got some guys that will cheat. And I'm I'm sorry, but I like my NHL that way. Uh, I do. And and so I think if if they play that style and they're playing against a team like New Jersey, who's now built completely on finesse, or the Penguins, who are now built completely on senior citizens as far as hockey goes um you're gonna see a team that really can be very brutal and win a lot of 2-1 games i mean that's the blueprint of the st louis blues for the longest time you're starting to see them turn into more of a finesse team but you know i would say even as recently as back as the team that won the cup they just beat teams down yeah like the san jose series was the winnipeg series you know aside i'll be honest aside from the dallas series which, you know, double overtime in game seven is a coin flip on who wins that. Thank God the Blues did. They beat down the Winnipeg Jets. They legitimately, legitimately beat up the San Jose Sharks to where in game six, San Jose was looking, was pulling people out of the stands to put jerseys on. And you saw in game seven against the Bruins where the physicality of that series finally caught up to them and they just could not handle what St. Louis was bringing them. And, you know, when you're in a division where you can impose your will, that's great. Uh, but at some point you still have to put pucks in the net. Yeah. And And that's always been their problem with scoring. They can defend and keep the puck out of the net like crazy. Yeah. It's just always that scoring thing, which is why they were rumored to be in on Tarasenko. Yep. And that's, I think, you know, that is what stopped them the last few years against Tampa. Because Tampa's one of those teams that they're fine with giving up one or two goals because uh, they're going to put in five. And they also had the goaltending that would shut the door when it was an elimination game. Yeah. I think Tarasenko would hate playing. 
for the Islanders. Just just an opinion. I think it has more to do with the city than the team. Oh, it absolutely does. I I mean, you know, the, the same thing when Malkin was going to get traded or where will he go if the Penguins don't sign him? The two places were Miami or New York oh, because there's yeah, because there's large Russian populations in those yeah. cities, so the comfortability of being in a place where you can get some of the at least some feelings of 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 where you're from. Yeah, the city may do it, but I don't think he would be I don't think he would be hockey happy with I the think Islanders. If you could get an honest answer out of Tarasenko and where he wants to go, that's not St. Louis. I think he would pick either the New York Rangers, mm-hmm. the Washington Capitals, or the Florida Panthers. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think dark horse in the team, now that he resigned there, would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Uh, I think he wants to play with people of his own kind. I think that's the only reason why he was somewhat happy this past year in St. Louis because the Blues went and got Buchnevich. I think it, there's that 1% chance that says that he re-signs here, and if he does, it ain't going to be anything that Doug Armstrong does aside from backing up the truck. It's all going to be Buchnevich convincing them to stay. Because Buchnevich still has three years left on his deal, so... Uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, yeah, like I said, I've always hoped he stays, but I understand if uh, he leaves. So, as, as far as him going to the Penguins, it, he would have to sign a two-year deal because uh, the core for the Penguins, including Malkin, are, are just signed three-year deals. Yeah. I think I don't think that would be a problem with him, to be honest. Like, I don't think he's looking for a eight-year deal. I think he'd be fine with a two- or three-year max deal. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, at, at this point, let's be honest, like many veterans, he's got his money, he's got his ring, he's playing to be happy at this point. Sure. Yep. So, a uh, team that uh, you know finished second last year in the Metro, the New York Rangers, 110 points last year. Um, I will say a lot of it's probably the coach, who I really like, Gerard Gallant, so that, I think that was an excellent hire for them. I really, when he got taken out in Vegas, I thought that was kind of a real crappy deal for him. He got them to the Yeah, finals. I do too. Uh, so they basically switch out Ryan Strom with Vincent Trocheck. Uh, they bring in Halak to back up Shishirkin. Mm. Shishirkin. Uh, uh, but they're trying to rely on their core. Like they re-signed Kreider you know, the season before. Uh, they got Adam Fox is a Norris winner back there. Yep. You got Mika Zizibinejad and uh, um, Artem Panarin. So, and they obviously got the two high draft picks. Hopefully they pan out uh, Lafreniere. And, uh, Who Capo. got better as the year went on? Capo Caco, and neither. Which is the best name, best name in the world. I would say I thought Lafreniere kind of seemed like he in the playoffs. He seemed like he was starting to at least turn it up a little bit from what I saw. I think he got better as the whole season went on. I thought like if you look at the season as a graph, he was a fairly constant incline. Because after this year, it's gonna be interesting what the Rangers do. Uh, just did a quick little like cap friendly uh, look at them. They have a lot of RFAs next year, and not a right. lot of money. So one of the guys is Lafreniere, and. Keandre Miller. So and they have a couple of guys that are key parts of their core up after this year, and you have a lot of money tied up in a lot of different guys after this. But the Rangers are very good. Finally, seems like they got the solid goaltending now after Lundqvist uh, called it quits. Kishkirshkin uh, has played very well. So, Just, yeah. I, well, I mean, I saw seven playoff games uh, with the Rangers last season. Uh, I have two schools of thought here, and I'm not sure which one I believe more, but uh, I guess my heart tells me to uh, to believe that the Penguins 
had they not had to go to their third and fourth string goalies in that seven-game series, had Jari been available for just one more healthy, they probably could have won that series. I mean, they were an overtime away from winning Mm -hmm. that series. So, uh, you know, I do believe that that could have made all the difference in the world. We feel your pain on that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know, that that he just – Deming had nothing to offer the Penguins other than I fit in this equipment, so shove me in there. with that being said, what I saw out of the Rangers was tremendous hockey. Kreider played I, – I, and I, look, I hate the Rangers. But Kreider played phenomenal. He was a great leader in that series. I mean, what you saw him doing, the way he – I mean, he knew when to hit somebody. They out the Penguins to, ten times over. Uh, you know, a guy you guys know pretty well, Ryan Reeves. I'm familiar. He'll make a mistake here and there for sure, but he'll also change the game with momentum, a big hit. Yep. Uh, I mean, just he will do the things that his team requires. Uh, the other guys that you mentioned, I, you know, I don't know if um, uh, Lafreniere – uh, I agree with Chris. I think he got marginally better as the season went on, but I certainly didn't see out of him what – he was supposed to come in and light the league on fire. Agreed. You know, he, he, you know, here's this surefire guy. They talked about him like he could be uh, a game changer, like like Sid or like Tarasenko. Or uh, he, I, I didn't see it uh, that he was all that good. I thought their defense was terrific. And, and as much as I hate to say it, uh, Sisterkin can be had. Yeah. But he did enough to win a lot of playoff games last season. Yeah. And looked pretty good. I think this team is an A, uh, I, but I think they're a one-year A. This it, the window for this particular Rangers opportunity is this season. That they yeah. will retooling because they're going to eventually run out of money to spend. Well, this you, you know, and the you, cap's going to go up supposedly, but still not like, that much. Yeah, I mean, not enough to keep all of all of those guys. Uh, you know, Panarin is fantastic. Any team would want to have him. Lafreniere, uh, I think, is another guy that probably could have. I think he thinks or thought he would come in and be more of a leader in his initial contract. Sure. Didn't have to be. Um, and I think that he wants that. So I think given the opportunity to sign here again or go somewhere where I can – we're looking at you, Calgary um, – You know. He, Next season, after he can be signed by somebody else, mm-hmm. I, I think he goes to a place like that. Columbus might be another place where he'd be a nice complement to that group. So I, I, I think if the Rangers are going to do it, they have to do it this season. And I think they're an A. I, I do, and I think they're certainly a playoff team, and I think they're a team that really could contend uh, to go to the finals. But if they don't do it this year – yeah. We're not having the same conversation next season. Also, the uh, yeah. side note, which I bring up for Chris chimes in here, that the rumor ha- on the rumor mill is that uh, the favorite, virtually in every kind of like season preview I've read so far, the New York Rangers are the favorite to land uh, Patrick Kane this season since his contract is up. That's interesting. And that whoever they trade, so and mind you, the Rangers are loaded with prospects and picks and other stuff. They just, they got another first rounder for Niles yeah. Lundqvist recently who won it out from Dallas. So now they have two first round. They have, they have plenty of picks now. And so if you're not say Kako's not working out, I don't think they would trade Lafreniere. Let's say Kako, a first and some other guys go to for um, Patrick Kane. Yeah. You never know. So that's the other thing to keep in mind that if there, if things aren't working out, 
uh, Kane has said in the past, Panarin was his favorite player to play with since he's been in the league. I think that's that's what gets him to the Rangers more than anything else. You know, it seems like every three to four weeks, the where's Patrick Kane going team changes. You know, it was Dallas, and before that, it was I forget who. Now it's the Rangers. Apparently, my gut still tells me if that dude leaves. You know, Chicago wants something in return, but they really want the picks and prospects. I think that dude goes home, and I think he goes to the Buffalo Sabres. I uh... I think that he's going to wait and see what the Sabres do this year, and if if the Sabres can finally start putting one one foot in front of the other and stop falling on their face, I think he's going to go home and help push this team back into the playoffs. Yeah, they really do. They can't. Let's say if he gets to say that the Rangers thing happens, the Rangers go far. You never know because the Rangers I mean, won't not be able to re-sign him. They do not no, they won't. He would be 100% a rental there, but he could potentially, depending on how that team does, win another cup. Uh, I think as far as the next team that's going to pay him, I, I'm telling you, man, I think he goes as home a reason, There's a reason Buffalo is keeping the uh, – I mean, obviously they gave Tate Thompson a crap load of money for some reason. Yeah. Had a great year last year, but I thought it was a little premature. Uh, agreed. Um, but they're near the bottom of the uh, payroll right now. They're, yeah. tw- they're, they're like 29th. Yeah. So they're keeping their payroll low for many reasons. I mean, we always we joke about Pagul is only caring Pagul's about the Bills. Care, own two teams care about one. Yeah. So, uh, so obviously we said playoff team very good. Yeah, oh, for sure. Playoff they're, team they're, yeah, definitely playoff team nice. contending for probably the top spot. Oh, I think so. So we'll get now we're here. So we will talk about them, the Philadelphia Flyers. We talked about uh, Tony D'Angelo. Excuse me, known racist. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, allegedly known racist. Sorry, just to keep everything legal Perfect here. fit for Philly. Yeah, so uh, Chuck Fletcher didn't really do much. <laughs> just couldn't because he did no money. Wanted Goudreau, got D'Angelo. They have a lot of injuries. Um, Ryan Ellis, who they signed a couple years back, looks like his career is probably done. Yeah. Has uh, hip injuries that basically he can't even live like a normal life, basically having trouble walking right now. Mm. So he is probably the reason why they went out and signed uh, Anthony uh, D'Angelo or got him because they needed another right-handed defenseman. Um, they have some guys up. I mean, they have like – you look at on paper, they look okay. Problem is that uh, their, their big thing was bringing in John Tortorella. And uh, if, you saw <laughs> the, if you saw the first uh, – I don't know if you saw the picture from the first day. So basically, he had the normal training camp thing, and then he bag skated him at the end of the day of training camp. And basically, you just saw a guy jokingly fell in front of uh, Tortorella like like he passed out, and somebody snapped a great picture. If you look it up, all uh, look on Twitter and other places, it shows somebody had a compilation. It was like first day of training camp around the NHL, and had somebody from. Buffalo smiling, somebody from had Robert Thomas smiling, had somebody else smiling. They had Chorro just looking down at this guy, just passed, like, you know, I say those quotations, right, passed out on the ground. And it's like, it's going well in Philly. So um, he's already made some comments like their room is soft and there's no leadership. So it looks like it's going to be a great time in Philly this year. I mean, that Tortorella ruins lives. Uh, no, he does. He's not. He's not good for what the NHL is becoming. And again, I, I've said it already in the podcast. I like my NHL a little gritty, a little dirty, a little punchy, a little fighty. I like that. You said gritty. I, I, oh God! And we're on Philly. So yes, you know, I, I like that. I got uh, gritty toes. <laughs> look at your feet. Uh, you know, for Philadelphia, it, Tortorella seems like. 
He's going to sell tickets. Oh, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, the, but, the fans are going to love Tortorella because he's one of them. He's a good quote. He's a good quote. He's a tough guy. You know, they'll put a statue of him right next to Rocky. He's a Philly guy. The team is going to cry mutiny 20 games into the season. I, I mean, you already have a team that was awful last year. I mean, they were awful, awful, awful. And that coming into the, to training camp knowing, oh, my God. Man, it was tough last year. I enjoyed my summer. I went back to Russia or wherever I'm from and and did whatever. And then now you have to come back in. You've got this lunatic there. And uh, you don't have Claude Giroux. Yeah, you, 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 you don't have the leadership. You, you know, I'm sure that the room is soft. And this isn't just me talking about how much I hate Philadelphia. It's just I, I think they did the exact opposite of going forward. Um, if you want to bring in someone, you need a young disciplinarian. Uh, not not a crazy man, and that's what you and that's what you added into the mix of a team that already barely showed up for most of the the second half of last season. Uh, I just don't think that there's any chance that Philadelphia climbs even out of the cellar. I mean, I think they're the last place team in this in in this division, and I don't. I I think they're going to find out. They didn't do anything really in the offseason except for bringing in a racist to a city called the City of Brotherly Love. Yeah. It really, I mean, there's just a lot of things about this that doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I don't think they're going to turn it around anytime soon. And I, I agree with Chris. I, he said mutiny. Uh, I, I could see it by the All-Star break. Yeah, you know, I my first thought when I saw that they signed Tortorello was like, oh, I, I guess they went for him because Mike Keenan isn't available. Yeah, I uh, mean, it, yeah. It just Keenan has that – they're cut from the same mold. 100% they are. I mean, you saw Tortorello did TV for a little bit, like after he would let go from Columbus and he, in between yeah. he did uh, TV for a little bit. And you could tell he just was even grumpy doing TV. Like, I'm just like – it was always entertaining because it, like the dude was always just gonna like snap back at people, and you're waiting for him to like mm-hmm. say something like ignorant or whatever to like whoever was on the panel that night. And but that was like the only reason he was entertaining. So yeah, it's it's an interesting hire to say the least for Philadelphia. That being their big, uh, you know, deal this off season. Uh, I just think that they're at the cusp of. To me, they're the Dallas of the East. Where they have a bunch of aging players, yes, and they don't have really much young guy wise, and that they're going to have to do a full blown retool, rebuild in the coming seasons to get relevant again. I, I think so, and they've got what three players that were supposed to be active uh, on the big roster that are out for the season, I think, yeah. or at least for long periods of time. Um, also, let's put it this way: this is a team that literally bought out a, a cancer survivor in the off season and brought in. Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. I'm shocked. I'm not really shocked. No, I'm actually not shocked at all. That, that's just that. That's just what Philadelphia does. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. I don't see that happening. I don't though. either. I mean, weird, weirder, weirder crap has happened, but this thing just looks like a tire fire from space. I'm calling. I, uh, I can't imagine it's going to look any better when you get close. I am saying that they are going to bottom out. And have a fire sale to this one. And I agree. didn't they start to have a fire sale last year? A little bit, but I think this is where like got rid of Drew, obviously. Who's his goal? Is it my dude? Uh Carter Hart is still in yeah. the goal. No, your dude okay. is down in uh Tampa still. Oh, that's right. Winning cups, remember? So 
Ugh. Yeah, Car- anyway. Carter Hart might be the best player on that team, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, He's pro- not that good. Yeah, apparently, you know, we, we, there's talk in the offseason the Blues will look into, like, Sanheim or Provorov. Like, I like Sanheim more than Provorov, personally. Sanheim's more of the – we talked about Jay Bo Meester type. Like, yeah. defensive, maybe a little bit of offense, but more defensive type guy. Um, but – I think that he's due to be unrestricted free agent. They have a couple other guys. I think Graham Reamsdyke. Uh, so the, I could easily see them having give me all the picks and prospects, and let's figure this out next year so we can have some money. To I spend. think they uh, a couple times last year they sat Van Reamsdyke as a healthy scratch. Yeah, he's making seven million dollars a year, and uh, they couldn't dump his. He had a no trade. He didn't have yeah. any kind of no trade clause or nothing. They couldn't dump his contract because they were trying to dump his contract, but apparently. They wanted picks and stuff, which they didn't have. So remember those years of this? Was it the seventies when the Flyers wore pants? Yes, they That's did wear we pants. To, That's all we need to say. We can yeah. move on. Yep. So before we get, we're going to skip the alphabet here a bit, and we're going to skip the Penguins here, but we're going to go to the last one. So Washington Capitals. So um, they decided to do a complete rehaul of the goaltending. Yeah. Bringing in a Stanley Cup champion Darcy Kemper with whatever. We and Chris talked about him at length. Where it's like he's okay. Yeah, look, I would say that Darcy Kemper is a Stanley Cup champion because of where he played, not because of who he is. I say the Chris Osgood effect. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Again, I'm going to say much like Tampa, Colorado last year was a team that didn't care if you scored two or three because he was going to score five. Yeah. Um, he's he's a serviceable goalie, but he's I don't I don't know if I'm hitching. My train to Darcy Kemper to win me a cup, even because, if he uh, is coming off. Of I just think he, like, compared to where he was in Arizona when he was helped carrying that team, and then it seems like he's kind of lost a little bit over the years. I agree, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, they bring in Chucky Cyburn slash Charles Lindgren, who the Blues uh, Chucky Cyburn's lo- lost good. Uh, on a three-year deal. They bring in uh, Dylan Strom and Connor, and trade for Con- Connor Brown. Yep. But they have two major injuries. So Nicholas Backstrom probably out for a good chunk of the year. Yeah. Uh, Tom Wilson in a good chunk of the first part of the season. Tom so, Wilson should just be gone. So he is out, so he can't hurt anybody in the preseason. Uh, so he is not there. But to me, the story about this team year is going to be why they're going to get attention is going to be the Alexander Ovechkin show. That's and, it. And his drive to get to Wayne Gretzky's record. That's it, and that's all. <laughs> that's it, and that's all. And that's rub. pretty much it. And then I think I think they will be a borderline at best playoff team. I think it depends on when you who you get back because I think Wilson and Backstrom are very significant players who can push them over the edge. But um, yeah, I think they're borderline playoff at best. Well, I'll say playoff if I had to if I had to pick between the teams that are non playoff teams and playoff teams. I think they get in as a let's say second wild card. Oh yeah, for sure as a wild card. I. Look, I think that you said it best. I think what what puts asses in seats this season is not a run to a cup. It's do you want to be there to see Ovechkin put more goals in as he closes the gap between him and Gretzky, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. that you know, look, we we in St. Louis have enjoyed. I was just saying, we just enjoyed, went through it. We've enjoyed the hour Pujols run here. It's exactly so, the same thing. So it's it's me. It's that with like, and everybody picked the Cardinals as. A good team, but maybe not not your favorites. And I think that's kind of what yeah. you're looking at the Washington Capitals here. Like you're going to get a you know all time great player. You see on a nightly basis, go for a record. They better hope that dude doesn't get hurt. Yeah, you knock know, on wood. Yeah, you know, Pujols sold out other stadiums uh, on this 
yep. tr- tr- you know, Trek to seven of, was he seven Oh two right now. So, um, you know, that's what you'll see with Ovechkin. The second, the, the second most important person in Washington besides Ovechkin has to be Darcy Kemper's agent. I don't know how he fooled somebody into paying that price for him. And they got basically the Edmonton and Washington bidding on each other. I mean, I, look, I get the, the Stanley Cup shine. It happens every year. Sure. And especially that position. But all you had to do was watch those games. Darcy Kemper didn't win any games. Well, he didn't have to. And it really, I think the question is, can he? Can he steal a few games, especially early in the season? No Backstrom, um, no tire fire Tom Wilson. Uh, you know, those guys make the huge difference. Ovech- the Ovechkin show is fun to watch. Even as a Penguins fan, I'll tell you, I'm an Ovechkin fan. I love watching this guy play hockey. He's tough. His shot is unbelievable. Why no one's figured out in nearly 700 goals? Why can't you figure out where the hell he is on the ice? Oh, I think they know. He just you can't stop him. I mean, it's yep. fun to watch. That's that is the sign of greatness. Like you can be good if you can put the puck in the net. When you're great is when everybody on the ice and everyone in the stands knows exactly where you're going to go, and you put it in the net anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, was- no, you ain't. F- Alex Govenshagen ain't fooling anyone no. when he gets on the ice. Everyone knows exactly where that dude's going to go and what he's going to do, and you can't stop it. Yeah, period. when he's two steps slower than he was when he came into the league, two steps, and it doesn't matter. I mean, the the numbers that he puts up goal-wise are incredible. Not much of a passer. but mm, Or I, defender. But you know what? I don't want to see him pass, and I sure as hell don't want to see him defend. I want to see this guy score goals, and he does it. He does it in an incredible clip, and he does it with one of the best shots we've ever seen. Uh, as far as playoff team goes, I agree. I think you know, I, I I think they get into the playoffs or at least sniff them. They may be the last team out, uh, but I don't know that they're a team that anybody's going to be afraid of outside of eight. We're not to a point where we're on Gretzky watch this season, right? No, no it's probably at least, at least two or three two, years. At least two or three years. But do you think it's he the gets there? Towards that. If he keeps like stays healthy, that's the key thing. You say he's healthy and plays major. I'm not saying 82, but right. he stays like a solid 80, and he's scoring a decent decent clip. He'll get close. I, I think he'll. I think he'll do it. To be perfectly honest, and I think I, he's going to stick around until yeah. he gets it. I mean, I think he's got that Yager drive. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, who. I, I'll be honest, man. If he didn't just ditch it for the KHL for how many years? Oh, we, Yager would be would have blown Gretzky's numbers out. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I'm a huge Wayne fan. I'm a huge Yager fan. Uh, you know, if he had just stayed in the NHL as long as he could stay NHL competitive. I mean, we laugh about it now because he's over fifty and still playing hockey. Yeah. He's not playing NHL but hockey. He was in his. The, few years older than I just turned and still putting up 40-ish points a year. Yeah, and, and on a team that he owns. I mean, yeah. which is why he keeps playing because yeah, right. it's like, if I don't play, they're going to go bankrupt. But, uh, you know, Yager would have blown. I, it wouldn't even – and it wouldn't be close. Uh, yeah. You know, I really don't think. As far as Ovechkin goes, I think Russians have that drive that they're just – I'm going to play until the wheels fall off because I'm this close to greatness. I think it will always chap Ovechkin that um, – He's never going to have the same amount of cups as Malkin has right now as yeah. a fellow Russian um, coming into the league a year off of Sid. 
the biggest rival in in his career. He's never going to have as many as Sid, but he can have something that no one else is ever going to have, probably. Right. And I think he keeps it's going until he doesn't. Yep. My my gut tells me he gets it, and my heart does not want him to. No, I don't I'm, want I him am, to. But I, I, I do am like watching. So him. unashamedly a Gretzky guy. I I he's hands down my favorite pro athlete of all time, which is funny. Because he's my favorite pro athlete, but I can't call him my favorite blue. Um, I just like I, I want those records to stay. And, and call me an old man all you want. I, I get that records are made to be broken, um, but damn, like I just growing up in that era and being able to see Wayne play and and watching the years where you had Wayne and Brett on the ice together up posed from you know on opposite teams let alone that short period together like he's just he's the Michael Jordan of hockey and I don't know if Ovechkin has that in him I think he's got the talent but I don't think that he I don't think we're ever going to be talking about Alex Ovechkin the ambassador of hockey, the way that we talk about Gretzky being the ambassador, the way we talk about what Michael Jordan gave back to the game. And that's the one point where I'm like, damn, I hope I hope Wayne can hold on to it. I, I don't think even if, if Ovechkin does break that record that he'll ever be revered like Gretzky no. is. Uh, I mean, having that record's incredible. I mean, it's just we it's a mind blowing to, you know, people like us, but um, you know, if you talk to even some of the guys, you know, ask Janny next time you see him. You know, put it, get it in perspective from an actual guy who played in the actual league. Uh, no one will think of Ovechkin the way they think of Gretzky, regardless of that record gets broken. Um, it, you know, our childhood is why we don't want to see it broken. Right. Uh, although I will say this, and it's very difficult to think about for the sake of the game, Ovechkin breaking that record and bringing new fans into the store. Uh, for the next generation, I get it. Is probably better for the game than us reliving our love of Gretzky. I get why it needs to happen. I do, and and that's you know what they always say: records are made to be broken. I get it. Um, you know, we I have a very good friend who, um, he'll tell you his favorite hockey player is Brett Hall. Never saw him play a game. He says it because he's seen videos of them and he's a St. Louis Blues fan. But if you if you you know gun to his head, who's your favorite hockey player? It's Alex and it's because he's that generation's Wayne Gretzky in regards to highlight goal after highlight goal oh, after yeah. highlight goal and making it look so damn easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting what this team may or may not do because they may just, like I said, they still got Oshie and guys like that there, but at the same time, yeah, everybody's getting older. I think they're a wild card at best. Yep, for sure. So now we'll get to the main event here. Yes. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Never so, heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously they kept the big news is they kept the band together. Yeah. When it looked like literally hours before free agency was going to open, Malkin was out the door, said he's felt disrespected. There are talks about Florida, you know, any a lot of other teams. Islander, since he was – he had like Lou Amarillo and him apparently – got along or whatever it was. And then obviously they all stay. So it keeps those guys together. They're big Stanley cup core together till the end of their careers, basically. Um, so the big kind of trade we kind of talked about earlier already with John Marino getting moved to the devils in exchange for Ty Smith 
who's basically a little more adds a little more skill back there. Uh, younger too. Yeah, he's younger, twenty two. Uh, but obviously the biggest move, which is interesting after just acquiring Mike Matheson a few couple seasons ago, uh, who kind of revitalized his career, and they thought his basically that contract was obviously trading Hornquist for him. Yeah, and that boy, was, that's the one that killed me because Hornquist was such a huge fan favorite. He was he got in places that other guys wouldn't go. So when you do that and you trade for Matheson, and Matheson turned it around. It was Todd Reardon, uh, the the defensive coach for the Penguins, that really St. Louis Blue. Yeah, you know that really turned uh, that really turned Matheson around. I was surprised to see him move. Yeah, so Matheson and a fourth round pick go to the Canadians for Jeff Petrie and former first round pick uh, Ryan Poling. So uh, Petri, uh, a little bit older, and they kind of thought he would stick around due to Shea Weber obviously pretty much getting to – the Montreal Canadiens pretty much collecting guys who can't play hockey anymore. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're the new Coyotes. So yeah. they basically had Carey Price, who was still on team, and then they traded Shea Weber's contract away because he cannot play. He's been obviously definitely ruled out for this season. Uh, so he is gone. So they figured Jeff Petri be your number one right-hand defenseman now. And he gets shipped out uh, right away. So that's about all the changes they have here. Obviously, they have Jari and Nets still. Uh, we talked about the core staying together. So that's a big kind of trades that they made. Um, they did retain um, – oh, I had it right here. Uh, who they tried from? Ricard Anaheim. Raquel. Yes. So they retained him. Is he going to get the uh, Sidney Crosby bump this year? Or is Brian Russ going to be the guy to stick on that line? Or do you think Raquel has a chance to move up into that line? Well, there's just a lot, there's a lot of things to dissect with the Penguins. Um, you know, the rumor has it that the final hour deal with Malkin was actually made by Sid. Sid got on a plane, flew to Florida. Uh, where Malkin was, calmed him down, said it's not that they don't want you. They made you an offer. You don't have to take it, but we all want to leave this game together, meaning Sid, Malkin, and Latang. Um, the olive branch was extended again. Sid was there with them. They signed the contract, and they're together. I'll be the first to admit, I don't love it, and I'm a Malkin guy. Um, I th- a lot the last couple of years. That's yeah. I, I he's not played a full season in a long time. The thing Malkin does do when Sid is out is he picks up his game. When Sid comes back, he lays off the pedal a little bit. And I mean, this is a guy who I think actually got disrespected by the NHL, not being named one of the hundred best players in the history of the NHL. Agreed. Uh, I mean, Malkin is by far one of the best hundred players in the history of this game. Uh, three-time Stanley Cup champion. MVP award. He's got it all. Uh, why he wants to keep playing hockey is beyond me. I, I mean, I don't think their window is necessarily open to win another Stanley Cup. Maybe he just wants to collect a check. I don't know. Uh, I thought the Penguins would have been better served going out and getting a younger and Pittsburgher Vincent Trocheck. I thought it made the most sense uh, for them to do that. Is Trocheck as good as Malkin? Hell no. But he's younger. He's from the area. He wants to be there. He wants to not go back to you know the homeland because that is the homeland for him. I mean, he would be there getting a Permani sandwich and doing the things that he does. Uh, so I, I was, I'm glad to see Malkin is going to retire a Penguin. It's a great story. Does it help the team? I don't necessarily think uh, that it does. The Penguins are still a work in progress. I mean, I know that I know the day we're recording this. I don't know the day everybody's going to listen to it. But this team's going to change before the season starts. It has no choice. 
they have too many defensemen and they're over the cap. So uh, the Petri thing, mind blowing. I thought it was a sign and trade. I, I thought it, when I saw that, I was like, this has got to be a three way deal. Uh, there's no way that they're bringing in an older defenseman when the team needs to get younger. The core of it is, I mean, their their average age has to be 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, with Brian Rust, shocked by that signing and Malkin signing. Rust was a guy that was ticketed for probably $8 million a year if he was willing to go to Detroit. Detroit would have overpaid him because he has his name on the Stanley Cup a couple of times and he knows how to win. Is he a guy that scores that many goals in Detroit? Absolutely not. And Detroit, I think, is up and coming, but Brian Russ wasn't going to make the fortunes of Detroit change. Right. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. Raquel is a guy I'm thrilled that they kept. I loved what he did. He got hurt after he got there, but when he was in the game, he was impactful. Uh, I think he's a second-line guy uh, playing in that city. I, I don't think the, – when they sign Rust, there's no way they're going to move Gensel, Rust, and, and Crosby. That If they're all healthy, they'll play all 82 games together and probably only – very, uh, you know, from the power play, and actually, all three of those guys will be on the power play this year. So um, that that to me is Raquel's opportunity. Here's the question mark for Pittsburgh: Can and this is a guy you guys probably have seen play a million times. Can Jason Zucker be healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be a game changing player for the Penguins yeah. if he could, but we don't know that because he never is healthy. Yeah, he, we know that. Yeah, he carries a big contract. He doesn't play a lot of games. And as soon as he gets back in the lineup, he'll score two or three goals and then rip his entire insides apart again. Mm. So we, we don't really know. Jane Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's for the Penguins, it's very interesting. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier, and I don't mean to dominate the conversation, but this is the one thing oh, I actually oh. know a little bit Go about. Um, the There was the series with the Rangers – that Penguin team, that team that's no longer a team, pushed the Rangers, who was a, a very good team and likely will win this, win the conference, pushed them to seven games plus yeah. and lost. And then you went ahead and dismantled parts of it. What brought you to that seventh game where you had a chance to win? Um, you know, Jari still doesn't have a contract. Mm-hmm. Pay this man. I agree. Uh, pay this man. Yep. Make him never wonder, is my future here? Because that mentally, uh, look what happened. Uh, my goodness. What happened to Penguins goaltending after Marc-Andre Fleury? You know, you get to Matt Murray, who won a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And honestly, his his mind played tricks on him. His father passed away, and mentally, the guy hasn't recovered. No. And part of it was always wondering, my second fiddle to Flurry. I mean, fans went to the first game against Vegas and chanted for Flurry while Matt Murray was their new goaltender who just won them a Stanley Cup. Yep. That has to really do some things Absolutely. to you. Let's not make that mistake with Jari. Pay this man. Let him know that he is your penguin for the your penguin goaltender for the next four to five seasons, and be done with it. Because he turned out to be the reason that they didn't get past that first round. It wasn't Malkin. It wasn't Latang. It wasn't Sid. It was a lack of Jari. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, you and I talk about this a lot because we, we talk hockey. I think every day that the similarities between the St. Louis Blues and the Pittsburgh Penguins year after year after year, 
are, are, are so parallel that it's, it's, it's stupid. I think that you look at the situation that, that the Penguins went through with Malkin as far as a guy who was injured a lot and became a bit of a, a malcontent and everyone thought was walking out the door and then at the last minute stayed. I think that's what the Blues are going through right now with Vladimir Tarasenko. I think that you know he's obviously shown this past season that he can play, but I think that the situation that this team is in with him is very similar to what the Penguins went through with uh, with Malkin. And I was one of the ones who was like, well, he's gone. He's not coming back. He has no desire to be there. He feels disrespected for whatever reason. Um, you know, I think that you look up and down the line and, you know, you, you just talked about Jari and, and paying him and showing him, the, you know, the respect he needs. You know, the Blues last year with, with what happened with Bennington. You know, Bennington wins you a cup, comes back in the COVID year, stands on his head. There's really no cup hangover in St. Louis. Uh, it just, for whatever reason, it seemed like once that team went into the bubble, everyone forgot how to play hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you go to last year, Bennington is – Far from good, loses his net, uh, but then you know gets it back in the playoffs. I'll tell you right now, if Jordan Bennington doesn't get run, and I said run, not accidentally hit, but run by the Colorado Avalanche, the Blues win that series. They had Colorado shaken in their boots, and and damn near took them to seven. And I'm telling you that if that series went to seven, the Blues win. I don't care if it's in Denver yeah, yeah. or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I think that I look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are an old team, but there's something about, you know, the old cowboy that just knows how to win. May not be the fastest guy anymore. May not be, may not have the best shot, may not have the stone defense like they used to, but they've played this game a lot mm-hmm. with a lot of success. And they know, especially when you get into March and April, they know how to win those games. They know how to, play hard enough and yet take care of themselves so that, you know, they can play every other night for two months in seven game series and come out on top. They got the rings to prove they know how to do it. So it's hard for me to ever count out the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and it's revisit something that we just said about, you know, Alex Ovechkin isn't ever going to be the next Wayne Gretzky. Well, Sidney Crosby will be. Sidney Crosby will be the ambassador to the game. He will be the face of the NHL. And, you know, we can talk about the fact that he ain't going to – he may not be able to pass Gretzky as far as points, but that guy has as many accolades as far as trophies in his trophy case than damn near anyone who's ever played this game. Mm-hmm. And I think when you got Sidney Crosby on the ice, I don't care if he's 19, 25, or 56, you got a chance to win games. You know, I, I think there's also uh, kind of a finality to this uh, next two seasons for the Penguins. I mean, they're all signed for three, but you mm-hmm. never know. Um, I think that if they were ever going to find that next last gear, uh, it will probably be in the next two seasons. Uh, Sid is still plays at a ridiculously high level. Um, you know, there there's no... There, and I think you're right. I think he is the ambassador. He is the – Sid is the vanilla ice cream of, for the NHL. He is palatable to young kids, even even teams that – you know fans that hate 
hate him because yeah, they say he whines and and we're also at the point too where guys like are coming into the league that are becoming the next generation of stars are like oh i grew up on Sidney crosby right. we, well we just saw one in, in, in you know win a stanley cup i mean McKin- yeah. mckinnon he he, th- he said i love Sidney crosby in his post-game interview after yeah. he yeah. skated with the cup you know you have you you have played it's a great point jason you have players like that that are now i grew up on Sidney crosby um, you know, you might see one or two more wow years if he's if he's healthy. Which I mean, the guy looks like the same as he did when he came in the league at yep. eighteen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's ridiculous. But um, you know, he he's physically uh, just freakish. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever seen him up close, which I have many times, I saw him in golf shorts, and his legs look like. The rocks, you know, I mean, he's yeah. just got the most powerful legs you, that you've ever seen. And, I mean, he shows it uh, on the ice. But I, I think if you're ever going to see um, what a cu- bunch of old guys, so is it Toby Keith, I ain't as good as I once was, right. but I'm as good once as I ever was. I, you know, don't quote me, but don't be shocked either. Yep, I get it. Don't be shocked either. If some of those pieces that they brought in make sense, if, especially on defense, if they figure out how do we – Trim down to six out of these nine professional defensemen we have on the team currently. Yeah. Nine days before, uh, do I think? I think Pet. I think I still think there's a chance Petri moves. Uh, I don't necessarily think he is. Would you be interested in an injured Marco Scandella? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I what I would be interested in is POJ uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph, who was a big part of. You know. Bring the bring him in. He is the next. He's going to take Latang's place as the offensive defenseman that can move the puck. Um, show me anytime now, Poj. Uh, we would love to see this because we will have life without. Uh, we'll we'll have life without Latang mm. in the next three years. Yeah. And if there is if, if that position doesn't get filled by somebody that can move the puck on defense. I mean, I don't expect Latang's a generational defenseman. Yeah. The guy scores big goals. He's not the best defense and he does make mistakes. But my goodness, find find me someone I'd rather have back there. You're not going to find it. I get it. Um but the cupboard looks very bare. Yep. And I'm really concerned about that. So don't don't yeah. don't quote me, but if you see them dangling around in the second or third, and they haven't won a playoff series in quite a few years. Yeah. But so don't quote me, but yeah, don't no, be shocked it. either. Oh no, I, not at all. I, I, that's one of those teams that I wouldn't want to draw them. I, I don't care if they're the second wild card in the East, and I won the President's Trophy. I don't want to draw the Penguins in the first round. Yep, still a dangerous team after all these years. So 100%. interesting. So obviously we. So but I think playoff team. Yes. Playoff yes. Team, playoff yes. team. So, uh, so let's look at our playoff teams: is Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh. And then after that, we kind of have maybe Washington. May, we have Washington as like the wild card. After yeah. that, we pretty much have nobody else making the playoffs. I say if the other teams, the four teams that are we called non-playoff teams, the one that wouldn't shock me that would make the playoffs just because of the youth and excitement behind them is the Devils. Yeah, squeaking I, in. I I feel like the Devils certainly have a, a if their goaltending yeah. works out. I think they can be definitely a wild card ish team. I'm I'll, I'm going to throw this prediction out here. I can't wait to go back and listen to this at the end of the season. I don't think Philadelphia will have 80 points. No. I think they're going to be that bad. Okay. 
I think that Tortorella, as much as like... Does Tortorella finish the season? No, I don't think so. I think, I, I think after the season, he's gone. I say one, he's full, one, done. one full season, and then they're going to be like, either he's done because he's just like... Like, you see, he goes into the thing, and he's already throwing the, the leadership yeah. under the bus. Not even not even at training camp, he was throwing everybody under the bus. Yeah. They talk about guys who are not... They saw, I've seen more articles about guys that are not are not going to last in Philly more than talking about what kind of hockey is going to be played in Philly this yeah. offseason. We're, we're in a different era, too, not just with hockey, but with everything. Uh, what, what, what is the new buzzword? Quiet quitting? Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that could extend to professional sports, and I, I'm not suggesting people should not show up for work regardless of what they do, mm. but I am suggesting that um, we've seen it here. Well, well, look, look what happened in Detroit. Was it Thomas Holgram that just didn't want to go to work anymore yep. because uh, the yep. coach was just so brutal to him? He treated him Babcock. like Babcock. Babcock. Babcock, yeah. treated him like absolute garbage. Well, My dude, it it is yep. a different era. It is a different time, and players are not going to be treated like this. Um, whatever reason, however, we got to this revolution, which is a different story for a different day. But if Tortorella does Tortorella things that we know that he does, I I absolutely think he doesn't make it through the season. We're not going to rehash the story, but if you go back and listen to our Janney interview and he told the same story on another St. Louis podcast last season, he talks about the end of his time in St. Louis where he basically just told Keenan, I'm going home. Mm. You know, you keep sitting me, playing me, sitting me, playing me, sitting me, playing me. I'm going home. Just tell me what, tell me where to go when I get traded. Yep. Sure. And then he tried to call him to get him to come back, and he's like, nope, I'm done. And then after that, he got shipped off. Yeah. So uh, for Jeff Norton. Right? Yes. Yes, that was a big trade. So, uh, yeah, so that's our big Metro preview. So, yeah, a little bit longer one this time, but I think it was well worth it. We got a lot of good info out. Uh, and thanks, Rick, for joining us. Before we get out of here, we'll do our usual spiel, all our sponsors. Uh, real quick, we first off, uh, Rockstar Tacos. So I know Rick got the eat there while he was in town. And oh, I may have ins- named a food. And you also, uh, inspiration, I saw that as I was scrolling through the social medias today and I started laughing incessantly. And so did my wife after hearing the story. Uh, Bones, and Harmony. Yes. I so. can never tell the story uh, to, a, to a public audience, but, but it's, it's very a, good. Yes, it is. Just so, uh, if you see the special that is going to be on Tuesday, uh, September 27th for Rockstar Taco, inspired by a uh, story from Rick. So uh, and you'll see it on, look at, check that out at Rockstar Taco, 4916 Shaw Avenue, uh, down in the, uh, on the hill. Get some just tacos. It's so damn Little, good. Real quick, there's some hourless changes that yep. they've made now. Like everybody else that's going on the pandemic, it's just really hard the, for staffing for them. Yep. Because they got a lot of, Will does a lot of other stuff outside of this place. Outside oh, yeah. of that, he is hustling. Everywhere. So, I've been here for five days and I saw Will three times in three different capacities. Yeah. So, so he's all over the place. So unfortunately, no more lunch on Fridays and no more. They have industry night normally on Saturdays. They discontinued that as well. So basically, five to 10 or until they run out, basically Tuesday through Saturday. Yep. Trivious. Excuse me, trivia is still on Tuesdays. They got a big uh, charity trivia coming up soon for, to benefit uh, uh, dog shelters. So. Yes, so check that out. It's on, I think, October 22nd, I believe I that's so. the day. So uh, you can reserve your spot. So if you want to get your seat, they have two seatings, one at 5.30 and one at 8. Yes. So you go there, and you can get a seat reserved. So you show up, and you already have a table. And then you can play some trivia, win some fun stuff, support a good cause, and have some great food. All works out for you. Mm-hmm. So next, we'll talk about Lucky Lola. So Lucky Lola's has their, all their great products at Schnooks, Fresh Time, 
Deerberg now is starting to carry some of the awesome. uh, uh, jalapeno sweet heat. Uh, still working on them, carrying Chris's favorite thing. Sa- man, salmon rub. You know how much I love rubbing my salmon. So so Chris's favorite ingredient is the salmon rub, so the, hopefully we'll get that on the shelf soon. Um, and finally, uh, we ran to our friends over at Altered States Comics on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, we ran talked into them Sunday. Sunday when we were at the uh, Glory Pro Show at uh, the pageant, so it was really nice. They got to sponsor the Danhausen match. So it was really fun to see. So I uh, got to talk to them. It's great. So coming up, this will be up before then. On October 1st, Saturday, they're having their full one year having a physical location. Nice. So uh, they're having a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'll be stopping by, hanging out for a little bit. Um, they'll have a bunch of giveaways, sales. Go check everything out. Uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to have a couple of things from the podcast up there to check out. So go ahead. And they have a bunch of stuff up there. They have comics, uh, collectibles, a ton of Funko Pops. You need to find any kind of Funko Pop. They have stuff that just came out. Hard to hard to find ones up there. Anything you want from anime, TV shows, WWE, whatever you need, all up there. Uh, go ahead and check them out. Alter State Comics at six seven one Big Ben Road in Manchester, Missouri. Uh, check their hours out. They're closed on Mondays and over. They're open Tuesday through Sunday. So check that out. October first, big. Uh, party and sale going on at Alter State Comics. So, wrapping up there, Rick. Thanks for co- once again being on the show. I love it. We'll Happy- see you in three weeks. I was going to yeah. say I'll probably just be back, uh, you know, at some point. But uh, hey, why don't you pack this stuff up, or we find a spot when you guys come to Pittsburgh and we uh, we can do one live at uh, my house. I yeah, love that. We could do that. It, we have the magic of the internet, so that always helps out. Uh, yeah, so I get to be the privilege of actually going out to, to Rick's uh, place, and that'd be my first ever St. Louis Blues game outside of. Is the, it really your first out, away game? Uh, first ever away oh, game. Oh man. Very cool. I mean, I don't count like obviously Bush Stadium because that's just whatever. So yeah. outside of the city of St. Louis, I've never seen a blue. I game. tell you what, man, I've I've been to Pittsburgh a handful of times now. I was lucky enough. Um, I think back when you were in Florida, actually, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, Rick's lady invited me up and took me to a game in Pittsburgh. That arena is fantastic. It's yeah. a great place to watch a game. Yeah, I'm really excited to go up there and uh, get to watch a game in December. So yeah, we'll hopefully get to do this again. Uh, So until next time, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for joining us. We'll have much more previews coming your way.